just a moment, kind of an odd story in Genesis chapter 30. And as you're making your way there, I had mentioned last week and will continue this week before we start a new sermon series next week to just kind of conclude or bring some final thoughts to some of the things concerning the imagination and some of the things that Dr. Cho, who pastors the largest church in the world, had to say about the fourth dimension. Again, many of you know that, that Dr. David Cho pastors a church in Yodi Full Gospel uh, Temple in Seoul, Korea, a church of 800,000 members. I mean, can you imagine? That, that's a metropolitan city. Um, but the notable part is not so much for me that it's this big church. The notable part to me is that there are tens of thousands of people on Prayer Mountain 24-7. The notable part to me is that they see incredible signs and wonders and miracles and happenings. And that's the part that I want to tap into. I want to tap into a deeper relationship with God. I want to you know, whether or not, you know, a lot of people show up, that, that can be your measuring stick, I would suppose. But I, I want to tap into a dimension in God that I haven't been to yet. And I, and I trust that's your heart, too, that, that you'd like to see a, a more sustained, consistent victory happen in your life. And I was thinking, just as we're coming to this last lesson, and, and I'm just going to be really truthful and real. Not, I'm always truthful and real, I shouldn't say. I'm going to be. It's like I haven't been, you know. Well, I've been lying to you up to this point, but today I'm going to be truthful. No, today I'm, going to be, I'm going to continue to be truthful and real. But you know that false religions and, and those who practice the occult, is it not true that they have supernatural elements and miraculous power in the practice of what they do? Is that not true? I mean, let's just say it's true. They're miracles. The Bible calls them lying signs and wonders. So we need to understand that out there, there is a demonstration of the miraculous or a demonstration of the supernatural that is taking place. Now, it is counterfeit to what God would want to happen in the earth, but nonetheless, it is supernatural. And it's interesting to me how Christians have been intimidated or scared out of pursuing insight into this area for fear of being labeled, you know, like you're a cult. Here's my feeling on the subject. Why don't you go ahead and just say you're a cult and get it over with? And then if anybody throws it on you, you can just say, oh, okay. Because we're too busy worried about the praises of man when we should be worried about the endorsement of God. So, so we've been feared out of certain things because others that we considered cultic seem to have their fingers in it as well. And because of that, you and I have at times been rendered anemic or we have been rendered powerless because we're fearful of what it might look like to other people. It's always amazing to me how when somebody's on their deathbed or someone's been given a a bad report from a doctor, or, or someone's been told they've got six months to live, all of a sudden what other people think don't seem to matter just as much. So I want to just share these last moments here on Thanksgiving Sunday, and I'm actually going to get this to a point concerning Thanksgiving, to talk about, again, a little bit about the fourth dimension. Now, all of life is governed by certain natural and spiritual laws. Is that not true? If you jump off a building, the law of gravity will grab a hold of you and you will splat on the sidewalk. That, that's a law that works. There are spiritual laws that work as well. I believe that God himself has set up both natural and spiritual laws. In fact, science really doesn't discover anything. It just unveils that which God has already put into place. And science has... Um, told us that there are different dimensions of life now i'm not i'm not very good at science and and i know just enough science to be dangerous all right that's what i know enough you know i i know that when you spray clorox in a shower you ought to turn the fan on that's about the extent of my science knowledge right there but, but I, went, I actually Googled this to go online because I wanted to understand sort of what science said and what the world said about, 
about life and how life is set up. And these things I'm going to just share real quickly are confirmed by science. This is not great biblical knowledge. This is all just science. It's out there. The first thing is what we would call the dimensions of life. And, and what are the dimensions? Well, the first dimension, you may already know this, so just bear with me. I'm going to go through this real quick. It's the most basic, and, and it's what really is a line. If you can imagine just a straight line, a line is what, what science or math would call the first dimension, a line. If there's another line going from side to side or in a different direction, that is the second dimension. And when those lines connect it forms what they call in geometry a plane. Are you with me? I'm taking some of you back to 10th or 9th grade geometry. I know, it's, I'm manifesting, I'm already. I'm, but, but, and, and it's interesting because they'll tell you that the second dimension exercises control or dominion over the first dimension. So, so a plane exercises dominion over a line. Now, you get to the third dimension. A third dimension is when you have a line that's going up and down. And when that line goes up and down and begins to connect to the plane, what you begin to see if you were to draw that on a piece of paper, or as you're living life, you see something that is three-dimensional. Like if you go to a movie and you see a 3D movie, it looks different than just a regular movie because a regular movie may be two-dimensional, but if you put on the special glasses and you watch the film, it looks as if it's live. It looks as if it's coming out of the screen to grab you. That's what we call three-dimensional. And a three-dimensional thing exercises dominion over the second dimension and over the first dimension. So the question now comes, if the second exercises dominion over the first and the third uh, exercises dominion over the second and the first, what exercises dominion over the third, second, and first? Well, the answer is fourth. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? One, two, three, four. Four. Now, as I Google this thing, and let me tell you something, man, I'm a Google master. It's interesting that scientists, I mean, we're not talking about believers here. They, I mean, I don't know that they aren't, but I'm just telling you, we're, t we're talking scientists know. Because of their science, they know that this dimension exists. They know there's a fourth dimension. Science knows it already. They have a hard time explaining it. And they have a hard time getting their brain wrapped around it. Because this fourth dimension, as they've tried to explain it or understand it, oftentimes they want to call it time. Although time, time isn't a good way to describe it because they're they're talking about future time and past time and there's they just say there's this something that sort of stands out of life as we know it and they call it time they also try to call it space but that's not really a good definition either because space you know we take to mean something just out in outer space so, so they're trying to understand what this dimension is, and if you just get back to the Bible, the Bible tells us what this dimension is. This fourth dimension is what the Bible calls the eternal realm. The Bible calls this the spiritual realm. Do you understand that right now, as you and I are gathered here, that there is another realm that is impressing itself upon this realm? Right now, believe it or not, there are angels in this room. Sure it is. Hebrews 1.14 says that angels have been given to the inheritors of salvation. So there are angels in this room whether we see them or not. There, there is a spiritual dimension that, that's not like going up or down or side to side, but it's in another dimension, the eternal realm. And science, listen to this, this is science. Science has, uh, uh, I, I put the word postulated, I don't even know what the word is, but they've surmised that if we can access this realm, which they call space or time, they say, science says that problems that we have as human beings being finite would suddenly go away. Science says that if we can understand how to access this realm, then you and I can begin to do things. Now, this is science, like travel at the speed of light. The reason man cannot travel at the speed of light is because at this time, we don't know what would happen to our physical bodies if we were to actually literally go that fast. They postulate, they surmise that there is a power, there is an energy in that realm or that dimension that uh, 
would solve all sorts of issues. There are unlimited possibilities that exist. This is science. I'm just reading this. This is Google science. Unlimited possibilities could be access, solutions to problems, could find answers. If we, science says, could access this realm. Now, the Bible tells us that if we understand how to access the eternal realm or the spiritual realm, this is what it says, that we can do, listen to this, exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. That's what the Bible says. So, so there is this dimension that's out there. We'll call it the fourth dimension that awaits that if we knew what it meant to get into that arena, suddenly unlimited possibility would begin to take place. Science cannot access it because science, by and large, rejects the concept of God, it rejects the concept of religion or spirituality, and the problem is they want to access this fourth dimension that they know is there, they want to access it naturally. And you can't access that fourth dimension naturally. You've got to access it spiritually. You aren't going to get there by use of logic, you're going to get there by your faith. You're not going to get there because something is reasonable. You're going to get there because you've got revelation. And when you begin to access that realm, folks, you will find the place of miracles and supernatural resource. And it becomes the answer. If we would get a hold of this as the church, we would become the people that have the answer. We would become the people that would be unstoppable. Not because we're self-consumed and selfish, but because we would have the capability of, of providing. Can you imagine what would happen if out of the church a power would come that would suddenly heal AIDS and HIV? That suddenly with one word, cancer would go. With one word, organs would be created. I know right now in our natural mind we're going, oh, yeah, 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 preacher's talking about this stuff again. Well, if that's where you're at, then so be it. Live your life. I'm accessing another realm. Another realm. And the good news is the Bible gives us some examples as to how this takes place. Now, I want to read to you. I don't know that I can read it all. I wanted to read it all. But there's a really weird story in Genesis chapter 30. In fact, can I just sort of tell you the story? Genesis 30, beginning with verse 25 through verse 43, there's this story that I've read for years about Jacob that uh, had to deal with him dealing with his uncle Laban. And uh, uncle Laban was a sheep herder, cow herder, or whatever the animals were. And they were working out a deal. Now, Jacob had a lot of defects. If you've been to Encounter, we talk about that Jacob was a guy with a lot of defects. Now, there's certain things about Jacob that, that are helpful to understand. That if God will do something for someone like Jacob, that ought to give us hope. Because I'm telling you, he was no prize. This isn't like a Moses or a Paul or someone that you'd read in the Bible and you'd say, there is no way I could be like these guys. I'll guarantee you, you could easily be like Jacob. He was a mess. A liar, a usurper, a deceiver, a manipulator. You would say, well, I'm not that. Well, you see, you've already got a leg up on it then. Jacob was just, he was a mess, just a mess. But he understood something that we don't understand. You see, this is the problem. And, and for Trace and myself, we grew up in the holiness movement. And, we, and, and unfortunately, we were taught erroneously that, that God loves you more if you're more holy or you act more holy. But that's really not true. Now, God wants you to ex exhibit greater character. He wants you to walk in holiness. I'm not, I'm not relieving you from that. But the truth of the matter is that there are certain spiritual laws that can be accessed by the town drunk. Now, I don't think it's fair either. I don't think that if I were, you can be glad. If I were God, that is not how it would be set up. But nonetheless, I'm not God. Everybody can say amen to that. All right. So here's Jacob. He'd worked for Uncle Laban for about 20 years in Genesis chapter 30. And, and you know, Jacob had, had lied his way up to this point, and now he has to work for his uncle, and his uncle's a bigger liar than he is. 
Now, I call this, I call this, you know, what a man soweth. You know, you may get by for a while in life doing what you do, but there's going to come a day God's going to put you under someone who does it better. So, so here is Jacob who had lied his way up to this point, lied and manipulated his way, and he gets to work for Uncle Laban, and Uncle Laban is a better liar than he is. And uh, Laban was constantly changing Jacob's salary. Wouldn't that be aggravating if you worked for somebody and every week or so they changed your salary? Up, down, all around. Aggravating. Jacob, of course, in this era, uh, people had multiple wives. I don't have time to get into all of that. Believe me, that has never been a wise thing to do. It may have been legal, but it sure ain't wise. He had... Uh, Rachel and Leah, he had kids, but he'd reached the place where there was no home, there was no material gain for security. So he strikes a deal with his uncle Laban. And the deal is, he says, I- I'll continue to work for you because Jacob said to him, he goes, it's time for me, I've got to get my own house, I've got to get my own stuff going, I'm a, I, you know, I've, 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 got to, I've got to tend to my family. And Laban didn't want him to go. And, and so Laban says, hey, 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 don't go, is there something we can do here? And so Jacob strikes a deal with Laban, and he says, I'll work for you, but I'm going to work for you on this condition. That you take away all the spotted and speckled animals. He says, take away, Laban, all the spotted and speckled animals, and I will tend only the ones that you own that are solid color. I'm going to tend the solid color animals. And if somehow, because we're going to separate the herd, if somehow these solid colored animals give birth to speckled offspring, then those will be my salary. Well, Laban jumped on that deal because they knew that if you have a, a, a solid and a solid mating, you will get a... Exactly, that's how it works. That's the kind of biology. You're a DNA expert right there, a genetic expert. And so Laban says, whoa, what a deal is that? I mean, what are the odds what are the odds that somehow or another he, there's going to be a, there might be just maybe one will pop up, maybe, but overall, he said he probably won't get anything. I mean, that's what's going on in Laban's mind. He's thinking, this is impossible. I'll get labor from this guy now for nothing. And so Jacob takes away the solid colored animals and he takes them to this place where he's tending them and he cuts away the bark of trees. To make them look, the trees look like they're spotted and speckled. And he puts this before the animals as they're drinking. So as the, as the, as the cattle and the animals are drinking and, and as they're looking at the trees that are now speckled, apparently something is going on here that will cause speckled calves or offspring to take place. And after a while, the solid cows gave birth to speckled and spotted calves. Now, Jacob's desire, think about this for just a minute. Usurper, liar, deceiver, manipulator. And yet there must have been something in the heart of God that must have been sort of okay with him because God brings forth this awesome miracle to pass. And as I was just Thinking about it and meditating on it, it really gives us insight into a couple things that I just want to throw out there super fast to you this morning. And the first thing is, why should we access this dimension? I want you just, I'm going to stop here in the story and just, and just share some things with you that I hope will give you impetus or give you reason to begin to pursue this area. Number one is, the Lord is okay with you being successful and abundant. We got to understand this. The Lord really is okay that you succeed. The Lord really is okay that you you prosper. 3 John 2 says, Beloved, I pray that in all things you may prosper, even as your soul prospers. Folks, God's okay with the church prospering. We need to get out of the poverty mindset. In economically challenging times, people tend to hoard. The reason is because they see the economic indicators on the TV. They've heard their bosses tell them how times are bad. They listen to the layoff figures. And they're accessing those first three dimensions. And it causes anxiety and worry. 
But you've got to understand that in the fourth dimension, things aren't controlled like that. It's like the story of the prodigal son. I, 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 can't, I won't tell you the whole story, but you know the prodigal son left the father's house, went and lived riotously, wayward living, ended up losing everything of his inheritance that was given to him until finally a famine comes into the land and he's sitting with swine, he's sitting with the pigs, and as he's feeding the pigs, he's actually eating the garbage the pigs are eating. And he says to himself, what has it come to? And he arises, he, 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 he shakes it off, he He repents, the scripture says, he comes to himself, he makes his way back to the father's house, and as he gets to the father's house, there's this celebration, and one of the things the father says when the prodigal gets back is, kill the fatted calf. There was a famine in the far country, but in the father's house, the cows were fat. Are you with me? The whole world may be in an economic famine. But God's people can be doing okay. The father's house was doing just fine. There was more than enough grain to feed everybody and get the cows fat too. Are you hearing me? Come on, you got to get this in your spirit. I don't care if the stock market goes down to 1,000. It won't matter one twit. That is third dimensional thinking and it is not the kingdom of God. Come on now. This isn't a problem, this is an opportunity for the people of God. For your neighbor who has lost it all, your neighbor who was living high on the hog, your neighbor who had more than enough of whatever it is he wanted to do. He had his garage filled up with toys and all the bells and whistles and now all of a sudden he doesn't even know if he can make his house payment. And I'll guarantee you, if you keep motoring through life, doing well, he'll look at you and say, how be it that you seem to be doing okay and I'm not doing so hot. Are you with me? This is opportunity moment. Number two. Why should we access that dimension? It's to bring about God's purposes in the earth. You see, to accomplish, whether it be the Great Commission or whether it be your mission, you are going to need supernatural resource to access miracles. God wants to manifest himself through the power that exists through him and his people. The stories we read in the Bible have to do with power manifestations. Church, we got to break out of, I'm not, I'm not, oh boy, I hope you know my spirit and you've been with me long enough to know my spirit with what I'm about to say. Will Will you give me a little break and a little love? Will you show me the love with what I'm about to say? Because you know what, we've got to break out of this mentality that says, ooh, I ran into this two-for-one sale and I always wanted this thing. And so I ran into this two-for-one sale, and I got it. I got two-for-one. Oh, that was so God. I got a 30% off in the mail from Steinmark. That was the Lord. Are you hearing? I mean, I, I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't the Lord. I'm just saying, folks, if that's our standard, we in trouble. There, there, there's got to be a place where, where we access things that are more than just providence. I mean, I, I'm grateful for the providences of God. But God works in providence, but, but that's almost what we've relegated him to. God wants to suspend, suspend even the natural way things work and do power things. And we've got to begin to believe and access, and that's how he wants to bring his purposes on the earth. I mean, he's, he's challenging me. I mean, I understand we all will have to do things to, to build a church and do what we're doing as a church body. I understand that. But God's wanting to do some power things, too, in your life. So that's why we got to access this dimension. Then number three, and it's very similar, it's to release the power of God before a watching world. It is time to challenge the power of the evil one in the earth. We've got to do this. Just as Moses dropped his staff, and Janice and Jambres dropped their staff in the courts of Pharaoh. And they turned, everything turned into a snake. And you know, you know how it worked. Let the best, best snake win. And uh, Moses' staff gobbled up their staff. And there were these power encounters. Elijah looked at the false prophets and said, you do your thing. They're at Mount Carmel and we'll see if, 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 
your God is true or my God is true, but I'll just tell you, let the God who is true answer by fire. And fire came down from heaven. There, there was a power encounter. These are examples to us. These are prototypes to us. There will always be skeptics and there will always be cynics who will explain away anything and everything that God may so obviously do through us. But do you understand there are enough hungry people out there, seekers that are out there, that are looking for a real deal people who have the goods flowing in their life. We have got to understand what that means to step into that dimension to see these things happen and, and I understand, at first it'll be small, but if we aren't faithful in the small things, we'll never be given the greater things, and God's wanting to take us to some great things. So how did Jacob do this? Let's get back to Jacob now. How did he do this? Well, first you need to remember that to supersede natural law, because natural law says this, two solid cows begets a what? Solid animal, right. So that's natural law. That is natural expectation now in order to supersede because what happened here was that 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 something superseded natural expectation so in order to supersede natural expectation you're going to have to go to another dimension solid cows cannot birth spotted ones that's a natural fact so what do we do well everything that is spiritual functions in the fourth dimension everything that's spiritual which means if you want to access God, he's in the fourth dimension. I'll just tell you this. The devil and his crew is in the fourth dimension as well. Everything spiritual functions in that dimension. Now, I'm not suggesting to you that God and the devil are equal. I'm suggesting to you that's just where everybody's living, so to speak, is in that dimension. That's why you have people who practice the occult and you have psychics and, and you have people that do uh, certain magic that can blow us away. They have learned what it means to access that realm. The only problem is they plug into a demonic force. You and I have got to learn that we can access that realm too, but we have a force that is all-powerful, all-loving, all-selfless. You and I have been created to function in both the natural, like we are right now, and the spiritual. And if we can learn how to take the step into that dimension, we will begin to exercise dominion, listen, over the color of cows. Are you hearing me? Jesus had the ability to step into a dimension that stopped storms from happening. Jesus had the ability to step into dimensions that suddenly caused people who are hostile with him to spread apart and allow him to walk through. I don't know if any of you saw how this week there was a Christian group in the Castro section of San Francisco that all they were doing was standing in a circle and praying. And a group of radical homosexuals came and accosted them, actually hit them, struck them. They had to be police escorted. They weren't even preaching on the sidewalk. They weren't doing anything but listening to worship songs, and they circled up to pray. And there was a guy that picked up one of the young girl's Bibles and hit her up the side of the head with it. Now, I think that's terrible. I, 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 I think that's so far out of bounds, it, be, it begets even addressing. But I'm just telling you, there's going to come a time when people will be hostile with us, and we're going to have to learn that we cannot, we cannot battle with flesh and blood. We're going to have to learn that if someone hits you up the top of the head, you're going to have to learn to turn the other cheek and forgive 70 times 7 and give him your cloak also. But the other thing we better be sure we know, because if we don't know this part, all we'll be is a punching dummy. All we'll be is a doormat for somebody. We better begin to learn how to access a dimension that when you have a hostile crowd before you, you understand how to step into this thing, and all of a sudden, just like it worked with Jesus, they were ready to throw him off a cliff. But the Bible says he just walked straight through him. Are you hearing where I'm going? That's the only dimension that you can exercise dominion over circumstances and this world. I've heard people through the years say, well, you know, I seek God. I seek God for miracles. I seek God for doing supernatural things. And all of that is true. I don't, I don't discount what you're saying is true. But where do you seek him? How do you seek him? Are you applying what he has said to do in order to see supernatural results? 
Are you walking by faith? Do you understand that faith without works is dead? Do you understand that there are things that are incumbent upon you to do in order to begin to step into that? Most Christians cannot manage the fourth dimension. And the reason is oftentimes due to just the world we live in. We live busy lifestyles. I mean, we're just busy. It's hard for us to wait upon the Lord. We're prayerless by and large. There's no time to fit in prayer. And we aren't seeing immediate results. And so we give up. Our reasoning and our logic faculties are constantly empowering our senses to keep us in the natural realm. And folks, we're going to have to make a concerted effort to begin to break out of some of these things and begin to understand where it is that God can actually move to do powerful, powerful things in the earth. And it can literally revolutionize your life if you choose to get some revelation about this. I mean, we talk big in our circles. We'll even talk spiritual in our circles. But we've got to get a revelation about how this works if we want to see supernatural results. So let me explain to you real quick. I'm going to do this real fast. How, jo- how Jacob accessed this despite his, his egregious defects. And I call this the language of the fourth dimension. The language of the fourth dimension. In Genesis 31, if you, the next chapter, I read to you chapter 30, the account of him and his uncle Laban. In chapter 31, we begin to see how it is that all this took place. Again, I can't read you the whole thing. Um, Basically, Jacob says, hey, these solid cows or animals are birthing speckled ones. Your dad's seeing what's happening here, and Uncle Laban ain't real happy. Have you looked at the countenance on his face? I mean, he's watching all these calves go my direction, and all he's hearing in his ears is cha-ching, cha-ching, cha-ching. And he says, we're going to have to figure out something different here. But in the midst of all of that, he tells us how this took place. Genesis 31, verse 10. Listen to what it says here. It says, and it happened at the time when the flocks conceived that I lifted my eyes and I saw in a dream. You ought to underline that in your Bible. At the moment, the cattle conceived. He said, there was something, Jacob saying, there's something that went off in my imagination. There's something that went off in that dream area. You've got to understand that when I teach and preach and talk to you about the imagination or dreams or visions, what I'm teaching you there is that is your portal to that fourth dimension. Isn't it interesting that Joel said, the prophet Joel said that when the Holy Spirit comes, He will give old men dreams and young men visions. You know, it's interesting that he says that because I believe the Holy Spirit wants to help us even begin to access this realm, to begin to imagine God's promises. And through your imagination, listen to what Jacob was doing. He was looking at solid colored animals conceiving And then he began to imagine that out of these two animals, solid, conceiving, that speckled ones would come out. Through his dreaming, through his imagination, he literally kicked down the door of limitation. He kicked down the door of science. He kicked down the door of impossibility. He kicked it all down, and God blew in, and he got speckled from solid. Are you getting this? This revelation came as I was just preparing, honey, this morning. I was thinking about it because the last couple weeks, we've been waking up in our house, and we'll look at each other and go, man, I've been, I've been dreaming the wildest dreams. I mean, I mean I, you know, I wasn't even a dreamer before. I didn't dream much. If I got a dream, it was usually a God dream. But the last several weeks, every night, I want you to know I am worn up when I wake up in the morning because I'm telling you, man, I'm running here, there, and everywhere. I got caught in a house one night that I was trying to find my way out of. And every time I'd get to a room, it wasn't the right room. And then Andy Griffith showed up in one of those things. <laughs> and, and he wasn't being helpful. And I'm just, I mean, and I wake up and I go, wow, what in the, this is just, this is weird, weird stuff. And, and I was thinking about that because Trace woke up and, and as she was waking up this morning, she said, man, I had this really weird dream as well. And, and that was kind of on my mind. And when I was in the office just preparing for service and praying, as, as some of you were praying out here, the Spirit of the Lord just began to speak to me and said, as you've been talking about the imagination, I'm igniting, I'm igniting that area in you again. And even though there's some wild things, 
Because you know what? You know what I believe? I believe some of us get like movie trailers. You see, you may not get the whole show, but you like get movie trailers. And, and some of you get, you know, kind of mysterious dreams. And, and I'm not saying every dream has necessarily a spiritual connotation, but I do believe that dreams are the portals to the fourth dimension. And I believe for some of you, especially those that face lots of nightmares, you need to break that because that's the enemy trying to screw up that area in your life. Those of you that are getting those R-rated dreams and X-rated dreams, you can break that stuff. Just break that. So say in Jesus' name, I plead the blood over that. It may not even be your nature to go that way. But you can plead the blood and break that stuff because the enemy's trying to corrupt that area of your life. And he's trying to expand possibility. Because how many of you know you do things in your dreams? I remember I was flying an airplane one time. And I was taking off in the middle of a downtown area. And I don't mean a downtown airport. I mean a downtown street. Well, that's impossible. I mean, I, they put me on this, like, catapult. You were on this, you know, and it just catapults you. I mean, that's, that's impossible. But it was possible in my dream. Are you with me? See, in that arena, anything is possible. The imagination is the only unlimited, unstoppable part of you. If you can begin to imagine it, you can begin to see it come to pass. It's the part of you that can exceed your natural boundaries. It is the part that God moves in. So Jacob, here's Jacob, the cattle conceived. And so he's standing there with the cattle, day and night. The cattle were not the only ones staring at that barked, stripped bark tree. Jacob was looking at that spotted tree as well as the cattle were sitting there drinking. And Jacob becomes filled in his imagination with that sight. He slept and he dreamed dreams. And he visualized those cows giving birth to speckled offspring. And that dimension literally exercised dominion over the biology of the cows. Are you with me? Do you all understand that we too have a spotted and speckled tree we can stare upon? It's a spotted and specked tree. It is brown wood with red blood. And if you gaze upon it and realize that within the cross, there are the promises of God that Jesus Christ through his sacrifice provided a solution and an answer to sin. A solution and an answer to disease. A solution and an answer to provision. If you can begin to look at your speckled and spotted tree, you can begin to see a new future and you can begin to have a new imagination and you can get a new vision and you can get a new dream and nothing is impossible at that moment because Paul said in 2 Corinthians that all the promises of God are yes and amen in Jesus Christ. Are you with me? See, I'm, I'm trying to get revelation in your system. The dream, the dream, the imagination, that's the portal, but it must be tied, listen to me, to your confession. Whatever controls your tongue controls your body and your circumstances. So if you say, for example, well, you know, I'm just, I'm, 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 I'm poor and I've always been poor and I don't know how I'll get out of this poor state. Can I just, can I just share this with you? Your system will begin to attract poverty. In fact, listen to me, this is, this, is, this is what happens is, is that people who constantly confess their lack and their poorness, listen to me, you become more comfortable in your poverty. Are you hearing me? You just listen to how people talk. They'll talk poverty and lack, and they live in it, but they don't realize that the reason they live in it is they've attracted it. And they feel more comfortable in those surroundings. People say things like, well, I can't do that, and... I can't see that, I can't give that, I can't do that. And what you attract is you attract the I can't atmosphere. And you won't, and you don't. I've heard people, I'm just giving you examples, I've heard this through the years. I've heard folks say, and I know why they do this. They do this because they don't want to be disappointed or they're, they're basically giving some conditions to why they are where they are. But they'll say things like, well, you know, I'm just not comfortable around nice things. 
I'm just not comfortable around professional people. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not comfortable around anything fancy. It makes me feel funny. It makes me feel awkward. It makes me feel out of my element. Well, hear me now. I don't think that stuff is all that important, but your confession tells me that you have bridled yourself to cruddiness. You have bridled yourself to impoverished people. You have bridled yourself through your tongue to trashy surroundings. Come on now, I'm not saying that stuff makes you spiritual. I'm not saying God loves you any less. I'm not saying any of that. I'm just simply saying, listen to what you're bridling yourself to. Try to bridle yourself to success. Instead of bridling yourself to your fear or your rejection, it's time to press through and understand that if you have a dream, you've got to begin to bridle yourself to what that dream looks like, who it is that has to come to that thing, and how it is that God's going to bring it to pass. Jesus, hear me, please, please hear me. Jesus loves poor people. He loves mediocre people. He loves average people, and he loves simple people. But here's the key. He wants to take those people and not enable them where they are, but bring them out of where they are. He brings prisoners out of prison houses. He sets the captives free. He wants to resource you. He wants you to be blessed going in and coming out, to come upon you and overtake you. I mean, he loves you. Don't misunderstand. And where you're at may be where you need to be at for now, but don't bridle yourself to your moment. you got to speak and confess yourself to where you're headed as you've seen it. I just read this as I was Googling. You realize that's a whole new word now. You know, about 20 years ago, if I would have stood up here and said Google, you'd all look, Google. This is, this is what a neurosurgeon says. Now, I, I'm just telling you what they say. I am not a neurosurgeon. I'm just telling you what they say. A neurosurgeon says that the nerve center of your body is highly affected by speech. If you say, for instance, well, I'm feeling weak then your nerves in your body receive that message and they put into motion features in your body that says, let's prepare and mobilize for weakness. Because they heard it. They received the command. And so they begin to put into motion what it is that you said. How about, how about the command? Well, you know, I, 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 have, no, I have no ability. I, really ha- I don't have much in the way of ability. Your nervous system heard that command and it moves to begin to incapacitate you if you begin to say because this is mine i mean when i began to read this i mean i'm a conviction fell on me because i was getting up man just recently because i've having to do some things that are about climbing ladders and moving and bending over and at night man i've reached well i can't say that but i was getting up making a really poor confession i was going oh look out old man coming I mean, you know, and everybody laughs. But as I was reading this, it says that when you get up and you say, I'm old, I'm tired, your nerves hear the command, and they begin to mobilize, listen, for disintegration. And I read that, and I thought to myself, you know, i got to quit saying that if I'm going to preach the gospel till I'm 90. I've got to start saying that I am as a young man. That I've got strength in my joints. I'm catching a healing. What was really interesting, can I just share this with you? What was really interesting was, because this only happened like, I forgot what day now, Friday, maybe a little bit yesterday. But what happened was I instantly switched. And I said, I got to stop doing that. I really got to stop doing that. So instead of going, oh, I, I, I just started saying, you know what? I'm, I'm young, I'm, I'm, I'm flexible, I'm, go, I'm, I'm doing well, I'm going to be okay. I mean, I just started saying everything, and interestingly, stopped. I thought, this is wild. This is really wild. But here's the key. I had to connect the dots. 
Some of you got to connect the dots in your finances. Some of you got to connect the dots in your future. Some of you got to connect the dots in your sicknesses. Some of us got to connect the dots in, in just our circumstances and surroundings. We got to start connecting some dots, folks, because unless God, God has all of this available to us, but it just doesn't happen, we've got to begin to do what we've been called to do. You just don't get saved by hanging around church. Can I just tell you that? People think if I go to church, I'll be saved. That's not true any more than you sleeping in a garage makes you a car. You hang around a garage long enough, you just don't metamorpho into a car. So you got to understand that, that hanging around the house of God, while it's good and I'm glad, but that doesn't make you Christian. We know Sunday School 101 is you must confess with your mouth. When you confess with your mouth as well as believe in your heart, because I know lots of people that have believed in their heart, but they don't confess with their mouth. And I know a lot of people that have confessed and will say a lot of things, but there's no faith in their heart. But unless faith and confession link, you cannot be translated from death unto life. You cannot be translated from darkness to light. It won't work. And that's why there are people who are sincere people, but they're struggling as to why this stuff doesn't work. It's because you refuse to speak what it is you're faithing because you've seen it in your imagination. Now, I, it may take me a minute or two longer to get through this, but I'm telling you, I am changing. I, well, it's God, it's not me, but I'm talking about the things of God that can literally change the way you live if you connect the dots. Now, three things, real quick, we're going to speak. I'm going to do this. Boom, boom, boom. Number one is rhema. Rhema is the Greek word for word, that which the Lord has said. You and I have got to get to the Bible and realize that God gives everybody the Bible. Is that not true? Everybody has the Bible. Everybody can read the Bible. Everybody can see the Word. But we've got to wait before the Lord, and we've got to get the Word to everyone to become a Word to us. That's what rhema is. Rhema, there are some people here today that will listen to this message, and they'll walk out and they'll go, okay, that's cool. I mean, Pastor, was that's pretty good. And, and they'll go out, but it will never change their life. Some of you in this room right now will have heard what I said this morning and something will ignite inside of you. It, it will be like a light turned on, click. And something inside of you will open up and you'll walk out and go, that was a word. That was almost like God himself. Now I know that was pastor, but it was like God himself was talking to me. That's rhema. And you don't get rhema by doing quick little things. You don't get rhema just by doing express lane religion. You get rhema when you wait upon the Lord and you say, Lord, speak to me out of your word. I need you to talk to me. And that's when we, can, when we get rhema and you begin to speak rhema, that's the energized confession. Are you with me? Number two, we got to speak life. Life. The Bible says death and life are in the power of the tongue. The reason it comes like that, death and life, is because I think death comes first because that's what most of us speak first. And when the Bible talks about death and life, it's not talking about, you know, the, the, you know, you know, die, you know, die, you dirty dog. That's not what it's talking about. Death and life are actually what I would call like synonyms for negative and positive. We've got to learn to begin to speak life to things. Speak life to your relationships. Speak life to your marriage. Speak life to your future. Speak life in your job. Some of you right now, you feel like you got a dead-end job. And you know what? You, you might be able to change your job right where you are right now if all you started instead of waking up going, I hate going to this job. I hate my boss. I hate everything about it. I can't wait till God opens the door. I'm believing God for an open door. I don't know why they've all been closed. I don't, you got to speak life. Life. I speak life into this place. Joy into this place. I am happy person. Are you hearing me? I'm happy person. I am a favored person. My boss doesn't like me today, but he's going to like me before this thing's over with. He's going to love me. Come on now. We got to begin to speak life. Confess. It's, I know people say, well, that seems arrogant. It just seems haughty. Come on now. Let's, if, you're, if you're speaking the plan and the purposes of God, 
can we just believe that, that he'll humble you, he'll break you, I'll assure you, if I see a little haughtiness coming our direction as a people, I'll preach a good old message on crucifixion and brokenness, all right? So I promise you, we won't let you get too egotistical, but we've got to get some life into our confession. Folks, I speak life to John's Island. I speak life to the plan of God. I speak life to a new building. I speak life to your checking account. I speak life to your savings account. I speak life, life, life. Life. And then finally, we speak thanks. And I'm done. 1 Thessalonians 5. And I'm I'm done. You know what I'm doing right now? Coming in for the landing, that's right. 1 Thessalonians 5.16, listen to this real quick. This is almost like a mini message right here, real quick, but it's going to be like 60 seconds. It says, rejoice always. Okay. Pray without ceasing. Wow. In everything give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. Do not quench the spirit. Do not despise prophecies. Now, I'm going to stop there. Now, verse 18 for years. Now, you probably knew this long ago. So, you see, you're you're way more spiritual than I was. See, so you can feel good. But, you see, it it, it wasn't that long ago when something finally dawned on me when I read this. See, I read that verse as if it said, give thanks for everything. See, that's how I used to read it. And, and, and whenever I read that, you know, I'd be going through a really difficult time. And, you know, it'd just be hard. It'd be a trial. It'd be a test. It'd be a real challenge. And so I'm sitting there going through and say, well, Lord, I thank you. I thank you. I'm getting the hell beat out of me. I thank you. I, I thank you. I thank you that, I thank you that, that everything's falling apart. I thank you. I, I thank you that everybody's mad at me right now. Praise God. Rejoice always. Hallelujah. And, and that's how I looked at it. But, that, but that's not what it says. It says, in everything, give thanks. Now, what that means is, is that you may be in a situation that's difficult, just like the ones I just mentioned to you. But that doesn't mean you're giving thanks for what you're going through. He just says, as you're in it, you give thanks. Now, what does that mean? Well, he mentions not to quench the spirit, and he mentions not to despise prophecies. And this is what I felt like the Lord spoke to me out of those passages. He says that when you're in a difficult moment, when the economy's bad, when you might get laid off work, they're cutting your salary, there's a setback of some sort, things aren't going like you had planned, and you're in this thing, this is what God's saying to us. He says when you're in it, you've got to begin to give thanks that you're not going to stay in it, you need to give thanks that there's a future linked to that. Don't despise prophesying. There's a future. God has a future for you. That's prophecy, man. There's a future and a hope and a promise. And you need that in the midst of your most difficult situations. As you're in that, I give thanks. Not for this garbage. I give thanks that I've got a picture of where I'm going. I give you thanks that you have spoke to me about my future. I give you thanks that it may be lean times now, but there's going to be flush times later. I give you thanks that I'll be content wherewith I am, whether I'm abased or abounding, but I'm telling you right now, I am going to a greater place. I thank you, Lord, that the righteous may fall Six, yay, even seven times, but I will rise again. I thank you. You can't keep me down. You can't stop me. You won't hold me back. You can't shut me off. I thank you, Lord, that even as I'm facing this hardship, I thank you, Lord, my door is opening. My season is changing. My chapter is changing. I thank you, Lord, that great is the future. Great is my hope. Thank you. That's why I'm saying I'm just not thanking him for what he has done. I'm saying in everything, give thanks. Give thanks. Give thanks. I'm telling you, you will step over into another dimension. And when God sees the people doing that, he will say, I've been unfettered. Isn't that amazing thing that he has linked his activity to our obedience and our confession. 
Is that not remarkable? That God who can do anything is linked to what we choose to do in faith. He's linked himself to that. He's saying, if you will, watch what I'll do. If you will. Stand with me, will you? Thank you, Lord, this morning. Thank you, Lord, this morning. Thank you, Lord, today. Thank you, Lord, today. That there's a future and there's a hope. Thank you, Lord, today that right now we are on the brink of walking through the door and the portal of miracles. Thank you, Lord. Here's what I want to ask with these last few moments. If, if you're needing a healing this morning, listen to me now. If you're needing a healing this morning, this is what I want to ask you to do right now. I want you to step out from where you are. I want you to come down here to this place, and I want you to start thanking God right now. Come on, if you need a healing, I want you to come to the wells of the church, and I want you right now to start thanking God right now that God's healing your body. Come on, thank Him right now. He's healing your body. Thank you, Lord, that, that I myself will be a sign and a wonder. I myself, Lord, will begin to demonstrate the power of God. Come on, thank you. You've got to open up your mouth now, folks. This is the moment when you've got to say out loud, you can't think thanks. You've got to declare thanks. Come on, declare. What are you thanking him for? Are you thanking him that, that I don't know, are you thanking him that you're, you're, you were like me and you had pain in your body and you need to say, thank you, Lord, that I'm healed and the pain is gone in Jesus' name. I thank you. Say it. If you've got cancer in your body, you've got to say, Lord, I thank you that that cancer is drying up right now in the name of Jesus. That cancer is being broken at the root in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord. If you've got sniffles this morning, I thank you, Lord, that my sinus cavities are drying up right now. I give you thanks. I give you thanks. I give you thanks. Hallelujah. I give you thanks. Come on, he's healed you. I, you say, I don't feel a thing. That doesn't matter. I, I give you thanks, Lord, that I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm well. I give you thanks. I give you thanks. I give you thanks for longevity of life. I give you thanks that I'm preaching the gospel when I'm 90 years old. I'm standing behind the pulpit. I can see it. I can see it. That there is, there's not a diminished step. There's not a slur in my speech. There's not a stroke that's taken half my body out. I thank you that my mind is alert. I thank you that my wit is sharp. I thank you that I still remember every Bible passage that I've memorized. I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. It may encompass some of you that are here. Don't you move. This may encompass you. But if you're needing God to bring resource into your situation... And you're needing some change because it's tough times economically. I understand. If that's you, I want you to step out and join these right now. That you're needing some resource happenings in your life. But you come down and say, Lord, I thank you that that resource that's been stopped up is getting unlocked right now in Jesus' name. I thank you. I thank you that, Lord, you're, gonna, you're going to move in this regard. I thank you, Lord, that you're going to release in amazing, amazing ways finance into this situation lord i got this bill that was unexpected maybe it was from a hospital maybe it was from a sickness and the enemy sought to steal something lord i thank you that the thief has been caught and you're going to pay it and restore it in jesus name in jesus name come on you're stepping into another dimension if your mind is telling you this is silly you got to just say to your mind shut up shut down i am stepping into another dimension I'm stepping into another dimension. Come on now, you got to remember now, you got to say it. You got to say it, say it, say it, say it, say it. I'm glad you're thinking it, but you got to say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for provision. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It is here. I, I see, I see, I can see. Come on, get you. I showed you one time. I, I, I just wrote a bunch of play checks one time just so I could get it in front of me. So I could imagine. I can imagine. I can see the resource coming. 
I can see it coming. Come on, if you, if, it may encompass some of you, it may encompass others. If you, if you need something from God right now, it could be relational. It, it, it could be just anything. I, I mean, I don't know. I'm just, my mind's shutting down. I don't want to function in my mind here for a moment. But if you're saying right now, you're still there, and you, you say, but I got this area that I need supernatural help in. Come on now. You just come on down right now. Whatever area it is, I'm just opening it up. Whatever area it is that you need God to supernaturally intervene in. Come on, you need to come on down. And as you're coming down, let's just help everybody. Let's just start saying, thank you, Lord. Come on, thank you, Lord. I'm rejoicing right now, always, in everything, giving thanks. Come on, if you don't do it, listen to me. If you don't do this, you're quenching the Holy Ghost. Do you understand that? That's what Paul said. If you don't do this, he says you're quenching the Holy Ghost. Lord, I don't want to quench you. I don't want to hamstring you. I I don't want to restrict you. But Lord, I give you thanks. Be unrestricted in my life. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you. I thank you that this holiday season is going to be a great season. I thank you, Lord, as I interact with family. It's going to be great interaction in Jesus' name. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. I thank you that people I need to see helped and whole, Lord, they're going to get helped and whole in Jesus' name. Yes, 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 all the promises of God are yes and amen. Come on, I want that to work. I want that to work in your life. Hey, the Bible says that if any two agree on earth as touching it in heaven. Come on, I agree with you right now in Jesus' name. I agree in thanksgiving with what God's doing right now. So be it and amen in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on, I've had people, now I'm going to talk about us. I've had folks, I've had lenders look at me and, and, and I've seen more numbers in the past month that I am up to my eyebrows in numbers. I'm up to my eyebrows in scenarios and possibilities. I'm up to my eyebrows in I don't know if this will work or that will work. i tell you what we need to do as a people right now. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. In everything, give thanks. Yes. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord, Lord, help us. I see, I see the next step. Lord, I see, I see that property being, being worked and cleansed in the name of Jesus. I see it. I see a building going up. I see resource coming into the project. Lord, I see amazing resource coming into the project. Lord, I see it. I see it coming to the hands of God's people. Lord, I see it. I, no lack. We break lack in the name of Jesus. No, we're not going to do this. We're, what can we do to get by stuff anymore? Come on, we, we confess, we confess a, 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 a fullness and completeness in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Things that are held up are becoming unblocked in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Blessed be the name of our God. Blessed be the name of our God. Hallelujah. 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 I tell you, just Terry, because I tell you what I'm, Terry, Terry for your confidence right now. Just Terry for your confidence right now. Your assurance. Come on, because I know people come because they have hope. But I don't want you leaving this place just with hope. I want you to leave it with your hope and with confidence and with assurance. That is the substance of your faith. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, that there's an unstoppable people here. That, that absolutely limitless things are going to begin to happen. Thank you, Lord, that the roof's been blown off. That the walls have been kicked down. That anything, anything is possible with God. Blessed be the name of our God. We give you thanks, O oh God. Oh, Lord, we give 
Hallelujah. 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 I believe the Spirit of the Lord is just saying right now, He's distinguishing Himself in a people. The Lord would say, I'm distinguishing myself in you this day. For it's been my desire, says the Lord, to live large in you. That has been my heart. And though that has been in your mind, saith the Lord, even though that has been your intent, even your motive, it has not come to pass. But I say to you, says the Spirit of the Lord, that as you begin to speak, that upon those words you will see energy, my power released. Upon your words you will begin to see things that have stood, yes, even for years, begin to move. I am bringing to you a season, says the Lord, that for your instruction I will do things swiftly in order to underscore what it is you need to do. But know this, I will call you also to patiently endure. I will call you also to do that which you know to do in order to walk in faith and to live in faith. For the Lord would say, my promise is not hard to get to you. What is hard, saith the Lord, is for you to walk in what I show you. So learn of me this day, says the Lord. Do what it is that has been Shared with you even this day, says the Lord, and you will begin to see great and mighty things take place in your life. I am doing this to distinguish myself, says the Lord, in the earth. And know that I will do it. Know that I will cause heads to turn. Know that I will cause the caustic and the angry to ask of you what it is that is going on in your life. Know that I will take even relationships that have been torn apart, I will mend them back together because of that which I am doing even now in your life. So watch, saith the Lord, and see if I will not do this thing as I have declared it so even this day, says the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Let confidence sweep in now right on you. Assurance. Get your I know. I know, I know. I know. Come on, I know. If it's nothing more than that, we've just had a big cheerleading session. Come on, you got to get your I know in you. This time it's different. This time something's changed. This, this time the light bulb clicked on. I connected the dot. I get it. I get it. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Establish it now, Lord. Seal it in your people, Holy Spirit. May they never be the same. I want everyone to say after me, say in the name of Jesus. I came in today one way. I'm leaving today another way. I am not the same. I get it. Thank you, Lord. I'll walk it out in Jesus' name. Can we give him now a big hand clap? And let's just say thanks one more time. Thank you, Lord. All right. Hey, it's, it's, it's that time, but I'm telling you, we've got to weed. Isn't it true you've got to weed out the world? It takes some time to weed out your week. And to get God's god's preset back in you but before you go here's what you can do you can grab two three four people and you can hug them around the neck and just say i thank god for you i thank god for your future and i agree with you that god's going to do supernatural things in your life god bless you all i hope to see you tuesday tuesday at 6 30 god bless you are released Dance, dance, dance.